0: Welcome to Royal Oak Church. Thanks everyone for, for coming. Um, my name is Anthony, and I'm substituting for for John today. He's getting some some time. I think he's in the Appalachians or something. He's on the mountain. He's going to talk to God to get back with, with the message. Um, God is good, right? All the time they say. So, I have a a prayer group um, that we meet over uh, Zoom a lot of the time, and one of the things that we've been focusing on is just, you know, like, what, who, how is God? I mean, there's a lot of questions you can ask about God, right? They're really endless. But today, I wanted to talk about God is good, right? First Chronicles... 1634 says, "Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, His love endures forever. Mark 1018, No one is good but one that's God. Psalms 145 five to seven. they speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works, they tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim, pro- proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness, splendor, majesty, goodness. What is, what does this even mean? God is good. Like we, we say it. Like what what in the world does that mean? Like what uh, and and how do we, and how do we know it right? How do we know what it means? Like anytime. I think about explaining something like this, or really anything to do with God, I think you run a danger. One danger is explaining, trying to encompass everything that God is into a message to which no one can understand, and we're all just like, well, that's way too much, because it just can't be achieved anyway. And then the other thing that you can run into is, well, you think, okay, what's What's a way to simplify so everyone can understand, which I think is is the best way, but you always run into that it's just impossible. I can't explain to you how good God is. All we can do is is try to learn a little bit more, right? So we can feel how, how good God is. One clue that something is good is because it feels good. Now, granted, this isn't perfect, right, because, you know, drugs, for example, you know, can... It's different, but there's there's good feelings that are that are bad. But we can we can feel it, and the opposite. We can when we lie, when we shirk responsibility, maybe when we hurt other people. It, it's our conscience; it, it eats us alive. It it doesn't allow us to simply get away with it. Uh, when we wrongfully get something that maybe we don't deserve, or or something even rightfully, but we feel like oh I don't deserve this. It's like you feel guilty. Like, like, you get a sick feeling in your stomach sometimes, and it just, it just doesn't go away. This is for the believer and the unbeliever. Now, for the believer, our spirit is honed, and with the assistance of the Holy Spirit, we learn to hear the whisper of our Father, right? So it's not just conscience. We, we, we know his voice. We, we hear it, and we know it more the more we hear it. This helps us discern clearly what is good, what is not what 's of God what 's of the enemy what 's part of the mission what 's part of the distraction? For the unbeliever, the conscious still does not leave them alone, right? Our very nature was still created by God in his image. We cannot ignore, no matter how hard we try, living as a as a self-contradiction, the unbeliever. Which was, which was all of us at, at one point, we walk in darkness as a being of light created as a reproduction of the very being that uttered literally billions of stars, the whole universe, into existence with one breath. Even the unbeliever has to, has to come to terms with what this means, and I don't, I don't think that they can, right? I think it, it naturally leads to confession. It's, it's like a, a piece of a puzzle, right? We want to fit it in so badly sometimes. It's like, yeah, it should fit. And it's like, no, if you just, it doesn't count if you just force it in there. That you can't, like, it's a different piece. You know, it goes, it goes somewhere else. It's just not made for that spot. Now, even the, un- this is to say that even the unbeliever knows that God is good. I don't know that he knows that he knows that God is good, but he knows that makes sense. Just think about that for a second. Uh, so Romans one eighteen to 25 says the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, which again reminds you that I mean, things, in in some way, things are black and white, right? We choose, you choose, you're, you're with Jesus or you're against him. You choose, you choose to do good or you choose to sin. You choose God. Some of this is, 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 is simple. It, it's not, and this is what it's saying in Romans, is that the truth is being suppressed. They, they know the God that we're talking about. Since and it continues since what, we, what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them for since the creation of the world god 's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature has been clearly seen being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse being understood from what has been made, for although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God. Nor give thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of God, of the, uh, the glory. Sorry, exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being, and birds, and animals, and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. And it ends with, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. I thought about just taking this entire time just, just to thank God, you know, uh, but it, it seemed like speaking about how good he was was perhaps a way to do that as well. For, who is forever praised? Amen. God, even though we, like it says, even when we don't see it, he's working. God is, is working. There are so many good things. The earth doesn't necessarily need to have good things. The fact that each one of you can, can get up each morning and try to put together something for their families. The fact that you show up, if you go to the library, that there's books there, and that the, the librarian had, had the love, or at least the compassion, or at least Something in the heart to say, you know, I need to make it work today, I think is, is proof of God's existence. There's no necessity for anything to work or anything to be good. None of, this, none of it comes together without a God that's good. Now, the qualities of, of a God that is good. Merciful, and this is just a few, sinless, patient, powerful, committed, beautiful, and it's impossible to fully articulate this with words or examples, but we have to try. We're made to lift His name high. How high? As high as we can reach. As high as we can reach, because He deserves more. Right? It's like all, all we can, all we can do. First, while I was becoming a Christian, I thought I knew just just a little. You know, I would say my like on. The scale of one to 10, three. It's like, oh, I'll learn more. It's a big book. I'll get to like six at some point. And I got there. I got to six. And then you realize that it's out of 100. It's not out of. <laughs> and then you get to 15. And you're like, it's out of a 1,000. It's like, okay, I'm starting to notice a pattern here. The more I know, the more that I know that I don't know. Because there's just, there's just, which is knowing something, right? Because it is something, and it's, it's not nothing to learn that you're just in constant pursuit. In fact, it's, it's wonderful, it's beautiful, that pursuit of knowing more about God, because there's so much more there. Maybe I'll see the 10,000 at some point, or at least see that it's there and not really fully understand it. Perhaps then, though, again, I have difficulty fully articulating this. And maybe this is what beauty is. Something we know immediately stirring our spirit. Speaking about beauty specifically. There's something in it that stirs our spirit that reminds us, reminds us of the divine. A song, a painting, churns something old that lives inside of us on just a fundamental level that we can't, we can't explain. That's why maybe you need the music. It's why you need the painting. And this is for the believer. This is for, for the non-believer as well. The beauty of the mountains when I drive down in the morning. This is my favorite. Uh, a rare morning, because I live on the top of Chester Gap, which is like 2,000 feet up. Um, I'll drive down, and I'll just be able to look. And it, the, the clouds will sit a bit lower, so it, they'll just be covering the ground. So I'll be driving into the crowds, and all I can see are the t- only the tops of the mountains and the tops of the clouds as they sit below me. And it's like, I imagine heaven looks something like this. I mean, I, the closest I can get. I don't, as far as seeing something like it now, unexplainable beauty. Now, a classic story, like Beauty and the Beast, uh, millions, childrens, now adults, connect with why? Why do they connect this? You know, it's a story. You know, is it just a story? Are are we Belle, the, the beautiful woman with such high standards that, you know, she can't find a man to marry in her entire town? Even though I think Gaston was planning a wedding without her permission, there was a just kind of you have to watch it, you have to be there. Uh, while courageously, fearfully, she enters the dark forest to search for her father and she encounters the ugly beast filled with bitterness and anger, this beast is. The beast locks her up only to have Belle eventually fall in love. Were we not all the beast at some point? You know, dejected, bitter. Though, you know, the beast, of course, was cursed, right? He was cursed for being extremely superficial for being extremely superficial in many ways. Is there a curse? You know, do we deserve the curse that's been put upon us, you know, upon humankind? I mean, at least. And in many ways, maybe it's not just a curse, but maybe it's also a way to push us towards emancipation. Something terrible to push us towards freedom towards change, towards transformation. Coming face-to-face with beauty, the beast increasingly responds with bitterness, almost like Cain killing his, his brother. Spite God. Why am, I, why am I not good enough? Why am I not accepted just as I am? Why do I need to change? Why is my sacrifice not acceptable? It's easy to spite God. However, even, even in the man cursed into a beast something glows from within there's something right people made in the image of god even though we cover it with so much you know you, you try to get it off it's, it's like tree sap you get it on your arm and you, you just keep scrubbing 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 It'll come off now it's just not going to come off it's it's who we are The unbeliever tries to get that image of God out of him. He tries. He does whatever he can. He doesn't even realize it, but he he can't completely shake it. The beast responds with a spontaneous act of love. He sees Belle in danger one day. She's being attacked by wolves, and the beast, having in years not really done anything nice, nearly loses his life defending her. Why? And why do we care? Is it not that that Belle, some sort of archetypal, you know, obedient, strong, beautiful woman made by God, pointed to something greater? The beast, just like with the painting, just like with the music. Something's there. I don't get it, but I, but I, I get it, but I can't tell you. But we all get it when we, when we hear the song, when we hear Waymaker. It points to something. I think that something is something divine, and I think that's why the reader connects with things like this. I don't think that they know that they're connecting, but I think that's why. Remember the attributes. Obedience, strong, beautiful. Reawaken something long dormant inside of the beast. What are they connecting with? In Ezekiel 36, 26, it says says this. So I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. This is truly a gift, a divine gift. And every time I see the mountains, this is why, you know, there's people that question God's existence. Um, there's people that think different things about God. But, but like I said already, it's like when you, when you see the mountains, they point with all their splendor towards God. It's, like, it's as if everything that God makes is in some capacity. Doing, like The rocks cry out to him. We push our hands up to him. We do all we can. We fall short because we're not God, but there's nothing greater for us to do but to point at him. Now, the last thing, to speak about gifts as I close, and also, you could say that God is good, and anything that is good comes from God. Now, as James says, everything, every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. The gift of a child. Is that not beautiful? Does that not, does that not remind you of of God? Something that is like, as it happens, you can't understand. You get it, but you don't get it. You can't explain it, but you, you know it in your knower, as they say. The gift of a new life In Christ, the gift gift of just being weighed down and then coming to the God and knowing that, well, if there's a good, there must be a bad. If there's a good, there must be a judge. Because it naturally separates and just saying, it's like, well, I deserve, you know, forgive me, Master. And the chains just come off. as he came after you. Not a deserved thing, but a, but a gift. Again, a gift because he's, because he's so merciful and he's good. An evil person through Christ choosing to resist his evil and fight for the redeemed lives of his family and his friends, committing to be a force for God. The gift of perseverance through an impossible year that transforms you. So no, I, I, I can't, again, I can't tell you how good God is. I, it's, it's not, that's not possible. I can tell you that every time I learn how good he is, I learn how much more I don't know about how good he is. It's way greater than what you think. If you take the person had the highest thoughts about who God was on the whole planet, it wouldn't come close to who he was. But just like the mountains, They point to him. They're beautiful. And you say, it's like, oh, who created this? Right? An accident? I don't think so. That's not possible. Just like the mountains, all we can do is reach up. That's all we can do. He is deserving. Every day he gives us hope. He gives us a purpose. He leads us. He protects us. Times are hard sometimes, but he helps us overcome, and he's there with us all the time. He's always working for our good. I want to pray, and then I'll invite Pastor Michelle up to uh, to say a few things. God, have us remember just how good you are this week, God, and everything that we do. Weird bills keep coming. Taxes are due, but God's good. <laughs> the government does whatever, but God's good. God is good. God has this. God, have us never forget and have us understand even better each day. Teach us a little bit more, God. Teach our children more. Have us, have us learn by our chil- from our children, perhaps, about this. Sometimes it seems like they know more than we do. In Jesus name. Amen. You guys can clap. He did an excellent job. Thank you so much, Anthony. Thank you. He's such a great teacher of God's truth and he's been asking us to speak and we are willing to do that. He does such a great job. Um, I've got my little co-pilot up here.